Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. So today on the podcast, I interviewed Cassie Rodenizer, and Cassie is this amazing coach and woman, and she has so much to say around the art of pushing through limiting beliefs. We talked a lot about this and how these limiting beliefs are holding you back and how we can move through these and come out on the other side more powerful. We also talked a lot about the word should, and I'm not going to say much about it now because I really want you to hear her speak on this word should and how we should qu- how we should quit using it. So, I, without further ado, I just want to jump right in because I know you guys are going to love this episode. Cassie is amazing. You are going to love her. So go ahead and just jump right in and let me know what you're loving over on Instagram at Mindy L Hancock, and I will see you inside. I'm Mindy Hancock, mindset and life coach, and you're listening to the Bold Ambition Podcast. This podcast is a high-vibe, expansive space for the bold, ambitious, badass, whatever-it-takes woman. Settle in. Let's do this thing. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. Today on the podcast, I have Cassie, and I did not ask how to say your last name. I do this every single time I interview someone, so it should just be my new thing. I should just always do this because this is something that I do every single episode. So how do I say your last name? It's actually Rodenizer. Rodenizer. Okay. That's probably not how I would have pronounced it, so good to know now. So everyone, Cassie Rodenizer is here with us today, and Cassie is the founder and creator of Road to Freedom. She shows people how to break free of social conditioning, push past their limiting beliefs, and ultimately start living the life of their dreams. So welcome, welcome. I'm so excited you're here. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. (laughs) Yay. Okay. So first thing, Cassie, I wanted just to start off by having you tell the listeners who you are, where, like, what is your story, where you came from, like, what led you to this point? Just give us all things, Cassie. I want to know, we all want to know who you are. (laughs) Amazing. Okay. Well, um, you know, my life started out pretty normal. I was, I did, I just found myself going down the path of doing all the right things. My parents had me enrolled in all the sports, you know, all of the musical instruments, like go, 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 everything you can imagine. And then um, I started my undergrad in 2010, uh, my bachelor in science, and I did that for four years and didn't know what I wanted to do afterwards. So the next logical step was going into a master's degree in science. Um, And at that point, um, I actually had some severe health issues come up. I started tearing all of the different ligaments in my knees um, and over the next little while, I had about eight different knee injuries, two surgeries, and was basically just chronically on crutches. Um, and it was so strange because 
I had never had an injury before. I'd been completely healthy my entire life. And at that point, it was like, I had to go inward and I had to start looking at my life and looking at what I was doing. And then I was like, wait a second, you know, I'm not happy with where I'm at in life. I'm not enjoying what I'm doing. I'm only doing everything because I think, think it's the next logical step according to either what my parents have told me or what society has told me. Um, and, you know, those injuries ended up being a very big blessing in disguise because it forced me to go inward and be like, wait a second, like if I can only do one thing a week because I'm so limited with my knees, what do I want that thing to be? And I realized that all of my time was being spent um, in school, taking something I didn't want to be doing, um, spending time doing ac other activities I didn't want to be doing, spending time with people I didn't want to be spending time with. Um, and so at that point, I just started reading as much as I could about, you know, people who have broken free of all of these societal pressures that we have seemed to have placed on us since we're little. Um, and I started doing some different retreats and traveling and doing workshops and just learning all I could about that. Um, and it was in learning about the different limiting beliefs that we all hold that I realized that I was really standing in my own way of not only just my physical health, but you know, my mental health and, and my own happiness. And when I started learning about that stuff and re reframing some of these beliefs that I had, you know, my health completely turned around, like almost with the snap of my fingers. And it was really, really amazing how much mindset can really play into um, your physical health, your emotional health, and your mental health. And with that shift in physical health, I started realizing, you know, if I'm not following my true path, then this is just going to keep happening to me. And I had to reevaluate and figure out what is it I actually want to do. And through my own journey, it ended up being that what I actually wanted to do was show this to other people and teach yeah. other people a different way of thinking. Yeah, I love that. So whenever you were in this space where you were like, I don't really know what I, you know, I, I'm not feeling like this going and getting my master's is what is lighting me up right now. I don't know what I want to do, but what did it, what did it look like for you when you decided like, I, I want something more? What did, what was the first thing? I know you said you started reading books. So I have, I have a feeling that you like were diving into the personal development world and, um, what if, and I will say this cause I'd love to know, like if you could say what was a, like if you had a book that kind of helped you dive right into and like get really get you into the personal development, development world and was like the, the first book that you ever read and it, and it, and it made such an impact on you and it kind of helped your journey into personal development and growth, what would that be? That book was The Power of Now awesome. by Eckhart Tolle. Okay. Yes, that was it. a big one. I have not read that book. I guess I need to read that. <laughs> so um, when you were in that space of like, okay, this is not what I want to do. Um, and you knew that all, all of these like limiting beliefs were coming up of, you know, what can I do this? Should I walk away from this? Is this the right decision? Is this the wrong decision? Like when you're going back and forth with that, what did you, like, what did that look like for you? And how did you decide to make that, that next step? What it looked like for me was 
breaking away from what I was doing in school, but I wasn't sure what that was leading me into. And that was the scariest part. And I think that's the scary part for a lot of people is that we've been so conditioned to follow this path that we don't really know what lights us up and we don't know what we want to do. Um, and so I think my first, my first big decision was making that commitment to myself that I, I don't need to get a job in this degree or in this field that I've been doing all of my studies in. Um, because up until that point, I think I'd been conditioned to think that, you know, it's a complete waste of money and time if you don't start a 30 year career in this field, even if you hate it, which, you know, saying it back to myself, it sounds ridiculous. Like, yeah. why would I spend more time doing something that I hate just to make use of other time I spent doing stuff that I hate. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, so I will say too, I, I, I do agree and connect with you on the point that like, I feel like I came from a family too, that education was something that you, you just did. It wasn't something, it wasn't really like an option. It was just like you graduate high school, you go to college, you get a degree. Then I went to grad school um, as well. Also because it was this, I graduated from, once I got my bachelor's and went into my career, it was kind of like, okay, well, now what? Because I don't know that I want to do this for the rest of my life. And then my next step was, well, what do you do then? Well, the only other option I knew was you get a master's degree. You, you, you go to grad school, you get a master's degree, so you have more education. And like, it just didn't, like, that's all I knew. So I totally get it. I totally understand where where you're coming from on that. So when it comes to limiting beliefs and how to break through, um, I know that there are like, we all have limiting beliefs. Every single person has limiting beliefs. Sometimes I still find myself, um, you know, like we, it's so easy to say, well, I can't do this or why would I be able to do that? Or how, you know, how is this going to happen? Or I'm not good enough, or I don't have X, Y, Z or whatever it is. We all have limiting beliefs. But it's, it's figuring out how, how can you look at your limiting beliefs, you can see them, you can recognize them, but then how do you break through them? So what, is, what are your tips on telling someone that's like, well, I want to do this, but I can't because of this, or I'm not good enough, or I, can't, you know, I don't have the perfect personality, or I don't have the right, I don't have the money, or I don't have this, or whatever, all of the limiting beliefs that could possibly be out there. How do you break through them? What is your, what is your process? What, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. Well, I definitely think that awareness of your limiting beliefs is the first crucial step because some of these limiting beliefs are so deeply held in our subconscious. Um, like for the example of, I don't have enough money for this, you know, usually there are more um, subconscious limiting beliefs buried beneath that and buried beneath that. So it really is a process. Um, but usually the first thing I do um, 
with people is I look at discovering the root. So, you know, where did this limiting belief come from? I know the limiting belief of not having enough money is just rampant in society and kind of forced down our throat since the minute we're born. But for each of us specifically, it usually has a root of where we can associate that from our past. Maybe it's um, something our parents used to say when we were younger, or maybe it's something that we just picked up from listening to people around us. Um, but first of all, discovering the root and where that came from and looking at it um, through that reflective lens. Um, and then next is evaluating that belief. So, you know, is looking at it from more of a, more of a, I don't want to say playful point of view because some of these are so deeply ingrained that it's hard to look at them in a playful point of view, but maybe a more detached, um, kind of like a detective, like looking at this belief, like, is there a chance? Is there a 1% tra- chance that this may not be true? Is there a possibility at all in the scope of the whole world and the whole universe that, that this might not be true? Yeah. Um, and beginning to look at these beliefs um, with a sense of curiosity, I think is important because usually they bring such a heaviness and, and a weight to them and they seem so like solidified and, and just kind of like, ugh. Right. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And then, um, sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. I think that it's really important to recognize too that these limiting beliefs are all of our beliefs are completely subjective. Like we all have our own um, perspective, our own opinions, our own experiences. And so limiting beliefs are just opinions. They're just perspectives and they're all subjective. Um, you know, if, if your example of I'm not good enough or I'm not smart enough for this, it's like we hold on to those so tightly as if they're 100% fact if they're 100% truth but being able to recognize that they're just subjective truths like you someone else may think that you're the most amazing person in the world but you know it's a beautiful person in the world um, and really it's our it's our own oh, it's our own feeling of, of lack of worth that really keeps us keeps us holding on to these limiting beliefs Right. And they, uh, it's so true that they stem, they can stem so far back and it could be something that we don't even realize unless we are conscious of it and aware of it and really have to like dig deep as to where does, where does this limiting belief come from? When I tell myself that I don't have enough money or I tell myself that I'm not good enough, where does it come from? Why do I feel this way? Um, and then so that you can start looking at it. Okay. Well, who, who, where did I learn this from? Where did I, if I think I'm not good enough for whatever it is that I want to do, where, like, where did this stem from? And did someone directly tell me that I'm not good enough? Okay. So if that, or is, do I know, is this 100% truth? Like for the most part, like when I have to check myself and say, okay, is this truth or is this something that is like, I feel like too, sometimes these limiting beliefs are these fears that help keep, try to keep you safe. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You can probably hear my dog barking right now, which is super great. <laughs> I just had him outside and I was like, no, I'll bring him in. And here we are barking on the podcast. Yay. <laughs> and I'm not going to edit this out. So just so you know, he's going to be debuted on this podcast. Yay. Amazing. Okay. So we, a lot of times we're like, they're fears that are trying to keep us safe. 
there are these limiting beliefs that somehow we are, we are trying to justify why that they're truth so that we can stay safe for whatever the reason is. So maybe it's like, I want to invest in this program and I want to invest in this coach or I want to invest in whatever it is, but I don't have the money. Um, and if I spend this money, then I'm not going to get it back or it's not, it's going to fall away or this is, I'm going to make the wrong decision. And so we, we take these limiting beliefs and we try to validate them as truths. And I don't know if that you've seen that to be true in, in your own life, but for me, I know that to be, I know that to be true for myself. Like I will try to validate them and say, okay, well, this is the reason why it's the truth instead of trying to figure out, well, how could this not be true? Like, tell me the reason, like, tell me why it's not true. And then, so it's easier to say that it is true than to try to figure out, okay, tell me why it's not true so that you can move past them. So when you're talking with someone and they're like, well, I can't do this because of this. And this is true because of this. Like why, how, how do you help them like dissect it and say, okay, well, how is this not true? Why is this not true? How did, why do you know that the money is not going to come back to you? Why do you know that you're not good enough? Like, how do you do, how do you go about um, walking someone through that? I think that you're 100% right about it being, it's, fear that keeps us from stepping outside of our comfort zone. And it's these limiting beliefs as annoying as they are. And as they seem, they're a great protection mechanism and they keep us from going out into something that's uncomfortable. Um, and I know, I know that people want more, like people want to expand. They want to grow. It's just it's why we're here, right? Like people have that deep urge inside of them, but it's that fear that keeps, that keeps us held back from, from questioning these limiting beliefs or wanting to step outside of them. And for me, what I found is that when people come to me and they're already aware of their limiting beliefs and they're ready to at least confront them and have a look at them, it's, it's not a far stretch for them to be able to look at them and say and see them, but just reframe them a little bit and possibly see it in a new light and say, is this 100% true? And they're like, well, no, it's not 100% true, but it's, it's, this is how I feel about it. And it's like, okay, well, that's what it is. This is how you feel about it. And how can we shift how you feel about it? Um, so it's, it's, not even sometimes the belief itself, it's shifting how you feel about it, how you see yourself and, and seeing, um, seeing the impact of that limiting belief um, is really important as well because some people, they may be aware that they have this particular belief, but they don't see that it's, it's holding them back in every single area of their lives. Um, you know, it can keep you, really keep you stuck in the same place. And so I think looking at the impact, how it's impacted your life up until now, and then looking at the next year, the next five years, next 10 years, what you want out of your life and how that, if you don't break through that limiting belief, what your life will look like um, if you keep that limiting belief intact and still follow your life according to that belief. Yeah. Wow. That's so, so true. Like if we don't ever like just take it um, and figure out a way to break through it, then we're, I also kind of attribute it to th that we stay in this stuck and stagnant area. We are always going to be like just 
I, I know you guys can't see me, but <laughs> Cassie can see me, but we, we are, we're just kind of like stagnant. We just kind of float. I feel like we don't really, we don't go up. We don't really go down, but we're just allowing this, this limit, these limiting beliefs to keep us safe, but also just to keep us where we are. We can't grow from that space. We can't change from that space. We can't level up from that space because we're allowing things to hold us back. And that's oh, so true. And I know for me that once you really break through a limiting belief and you realize that it's not true, that this is something that it's this truth that you have tried to create for yourself because it was, it was easier to, to create this truth than to break through it just to say that, Oh, well it's, it's, it's true. Instead of just breaking through it. When I broke through my limiting beliefs and realized what I was capable of, that is power like power within itself. And once you feel that and you know, like, oh my gosh, like that, I just did that. I just broke through that. Then it becomes like, are your limiting beliefs going to go away? No, they still will come back up. But now you have the fuel and you have the tips and you have the way, how you have, you, now you know there is a way to get around them. There is a way to break through them. Is it always going to be easy? No, but it's that you do know that you can. You do know that you can be that woman who can break through and not the one who allows these limiting beliefs to hold her back. Exactly. And yeah, it's exactly like you described. Like it's like building up a muscle. Once you've, once you've broken through once and you feel that elation, that feeling of power and control back over your life, then that gives you the fuel to continue to do it. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that those won't resurface or that you won't encounter more limiting beliefs along the way, but it means that you know what it's like on the other side. And as you keep going, it just gets better and better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And side note, I'm such a squirrel here, but it's 222. Hello, oh. angel numbers. I love angel oh, numbers. Oh, and it's, yes, and yes, it is. <laughs> I was going to say, I still have my computer on Vancouver time, and it's 1222. So, it's still hey, two, two, two. It's still two, two, two. Hey. Um, so, okay. So I love all of this, but I do want to say, um, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about law of attraction because mm -hmm. I feel like, um, a law of attraction is something that a lot of people are not sure of. And they're like, well, I don't understand it. Or how does this, this doesn't make sense to me. Like how, what does law attraction mean to you? How do how have you found it to be true? And and I understand like we want to vibrate on the frequency that we in which we want to receive things in. Like we if we want positive mm -hmm. things, we want good things happening, we need to vibrate from that frequency. So I do understand that like I, I think about too, I always think about this scenario that if I wake up in the morning and I get up in the morning and I'm out of coffee. And then I go and I take a shower and the water is too cold and then I can't get, then I can't warm up and then I start getting ready and then I realize that I'm running late and then I start on my way to work and then I'm out, I need to get gas and I'm already running late and then I get to work and somebody's upset and then this is happening and this is happening and all of the things are happening and they're not, and everything is bad is happening and then I'm in this bad <laughs> mood and then everything begins to happen to me that day and I become this woe is me, everything bad is happening, all the things bad are happening, and all, that's all that seems to happen that day. Just bad, bad, bad. <laughs> Everything's bad. 
right? But yes. it's all about like, if you're operating from that low level and you're like, oh, everything bad is happening. Well, then that's what's going to happen. You're mm -hmm. going to continue to, to welcome in all of the bad things that are happening. So then you're going to stub your toe and then you're going to spill your coffee all over your shirt. And then you're going like, there's all these things that are going to continue to happen because you're operating from that space. So mm -hmm. can you just open up a little bit of law of attraction? Like what is law of attraction to the listeners who do not know what law of attraction is and don't understand? And they just want to, they, if they were, if they're learning, this is the first time they're really hearing about it. What would you say to them? So the way that I see the law of attraction is basically using our mind and our subconscious mind to help attract things to us that we want um, instead of kind of running on default or running on autopilot as mm -hmm. most of us are. Um, so it's amazing to think that we each have about 60,000 thoughts per day and but unfortunately, the majority of those are just on repeat from the day before and the day before that and the day before that. And so many of us um, are stuck in these cycles of where our thoughts, our subconscious thoughts and our conscious thoughts are negative. Um, yeah. And our minds are basically running on autopilot. Um, and, you know, thoughts are just forms of energy. You know, energy, everything is energy. We're all atoms with, um, with protons and electrons. Like, everything is electromagnetic. Everything is energy. And so our thoughts, we're sending out thought vibrations, um, our emotions. We emit um, the strongest electromagnetic um, radiation from our body comes from the heart. Um, so we're just constantly emitting these things. And if you can tap into um, the subconscious mind um, is really where I think all of the power is because our brain processes so much information that it has to, the subconscious mind has to filter so much of it out. Um, and so using the law of attraction is basically learning to use the, that power, that kind of like iceberg beneath the surface power to attract what it is that you want um, instead of um, attracting what it is that we don't want, which is what most of us are doing. We're acting like human magnets, um, uh, emitting, you know, these thoughts and emotions at certain vibrations and attracting more of that back to us. And then if we can tap into that and shift um, to a different vibration or just, and I go through this in the way of shifting um, thought patterns and thought processes and that in turn, um, the thoughts in turn affect the emotions of the body. And then you're just emitting all of these amazing frequencies and attracting all of the things that you want to you. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And it goes back to, I mean, mindset, thought, like thought patterns, mindset, and what you believe and what you think. And if you think that everything bad is happening to you, then that's what is going to continue to happen. But if you believe that you're living in this, you know, abundant world, and you believe that you're living in this space of you know, that you're happy and you're um, passionate and things are happening for you and not, you know, to you, things begin to, I don't even know the lack of a better word. I don't know how to say it, but like magically just happen for you because mm -hmm. you're operating from that space and of this, like, I am so excited and so happy and so grateful for every single thing that has come my way. And I know that what is happening is happening for me. 
and I am grateful for every single thing that's happening and not this, oh my gosh, well, this happened. Why is it happening to me versus this is happening for me, even though it may stink in the moment, <laughs> like it sucks, mm -hmm. I get it, but there are things happen for you. Does that mean life is not going to happen? No, life is going to happen. It just also depends on how we respond to the things that do happen. Exactly. Yeah. It's all about our response to things that are happening. Um, things that happen to us. Like we, we can't always control everything that's, that's happening, even if it may in the long run be for our greatest expansion and greatest benefit, even if we can't see it now, but we can definitely choose, choose our response. And I, I mean, it really, in my opinion, has created miracles in my life. Just learning about how, how you can use your thought patterns to, um, to stop attracting the bad. <laughs> and like you, your example earlier of the bad day, it's like once you, get, once you get on that roll, it's like you can't stop. And unfortunately, most people are living almost every single day like that, you know, mm -hmm. waking up and before they even get out of bed are already stressed or anxious or apathetic, just bored, just bored with everything. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. And it's begin that's when you begin to do this like day to day, everything is the same every day. Nothing is great, nothing is horrible, but everything is just kind of meh. That's kind of what it is. Like it's just meh. Like every day. Same thing. Every day I get up, I do this, I go to work, I come home, I do this, I go to sleep, I get up, I do the same thing every day. And that is just what you're operating at. You're operating in that space. That's what's going to continue to happen. And it's all about sh like shifting your thought patterns and what you're, what you're available for as far as like energy and what you're available for as far as your emotions. And gosh, I love that so much. Um, and I know that we, one other thing that I wanted to kind of really talk to you about and have you dive into is what is, because I know you have taught you, you mentioned this before, but that there's a danger in the word should and like why should and why it's so, why it's so dangerous, why we need to take should um, out of our vocabulary and quit, you know, using the word should all the time. Um, and can you just give us a little insight on that? Yes. Um, so recently I had this big realization about the word should um, because we've all heard um, some of the dangerous, quote unquote, dangerous words that we that aren't great to use for ourselves. Like try, try is a word um, that I, I don't use anymore. If, I, if I'm intending to do something, I'm intending to do it. I'm not going to try as well yeah. as someday, someday can also be dangerous because mm -hmm. when we say things are going to happen someday, that means we're not taking any action right now. Right. Um, but the word should is just as dangerous, I think. Um, and I was surprised that, that not a lot of people have been talking about the word should um, because it's used in almost, in almost every sentence that we say during the day. Um, and should really it's basically used to indicate something that needs to be done like an obligation a duty something like that but we've started using it to to describe everything that we're doing during the day you know it's 
it's how we plan our daily tasks, our daily to-do list, our, our plans for the day. And we've stopped questioning who this should is even coming from. Um, you know, more often than not, from what I've seen, is that should is like this voice, this program that has been handed down to us, either again from our parents, from family, from teachers or friends, or just from watching how society works, of how an acceptable person should be or how an acceptable person should act. Um, like, it's it's crazy how much when we say should we don't even realize that it's kind of running this um, autopilot program um, and affecting every area of our lives you know from large scale what you should be doing for work who you should be spending time with to the really to the even smaller scale like the type of foods we're eating um, whether or not you should attend that work event you know how much time should i spend relaxing today like basically everything Gosh, that's so true. And that's not a word that I would have ever, like, you don't realize it. But when you put it into that, um, that context, you see that we use that word so often. And it can be as simple as, well, like, I need to do this. Well, yeah, I know I should. But like, I feel obligated or, um, and so we're not ever doing it like, I know I should do this, or I know I should work out, or I know I should eat better, or I should get my act together, <laughs> I mm -hmm. should, you know, be a better, you know, X, Y, Z. I should do these things. As a wife, I should do this. As a mm -hmm. daughter, I should do this. And gosh, we, we use that word so much. And instead of should, why are we like, why are we shoulding all over, you know, like, why are we saying these things all of the that. time? Yeah. Like instead of just doing, why aren't we just doing versus shoulding? <laughs> like really, exactly. why? So I've definitely realized that like when we're doing things that we sh should be doing, if it's not something we're doing because we're 100% there or 100% wanting to give up ourselves in that way, it's not it's not giving the benefit that we think it's giving if we're not, you know, giving whatever it is wholeheartedly or doing whatever it is wholeheartedly. Um, so many of us are just, are just caught in the cycle of, of doing things because we should be doing them. I have one girl that I've been working with who has been working, works six days a week. Um, and then on her day off is just spending um, a, almost the entire day cleaning because it's it's something that is in her mind about um, something that she should be doing, that she should do on her day off. And it ends up being a week where she hasn't had hardly a moment of downtime. And it's like, I'm thinking, you know, we're all, we're all living in our own homes now or whatever situation we have. And it's like, do we have someone living in our home telling us we should be cleaning? Most of us don't anymore. It's just, it's just ingrained in us now. I, yeah. Oh, I have some free time. I should be cleaning. I should be doing chores. I should be running errands or whatever. Mm, yeah. Right. And we, we get, we sometimes forget that we still have to honor ourselves and we still have to realize that we are, we are human, but we do have to take care of ourselves. And sometimes the shoulds can wait for, you know, for a little bit, if it is like, I should be doing this. 
well, sometimes we can't show up and do that just yet until we can honor ourselves first. So like, whether it be like for her, who's working six days a week and she's like, but I should be cleaning because this is the only time that I have available. Well, okay, great. Maybe you do, maybe you should clean. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you feel like you want to clean. Maybe it is that you need to, I don't know, but maybe before you can do that, you need to take care of you so that you have some time spent for yourself and not, not going from six days a week of work and then you're doing what you feel like you should. Exactly. And I find so much it ties in with the limiting beliefs that we were talking about earlier, because at the core of most of our limiting beliefs is that we're not good enough, just inherently not good enough for whatever reason. And this should only adds to that because I'm sure you know the guilt of not following through with something that you should be doing. It basically tells us that we need to be or do something different than we already are to be good enough and just reinforces those, those limiting beliefs. Yeah, absolutely. And we feel that guilt and then we feel even it's, it just becomes this vicious cycle. I think sometimes where we're like, you feel like you should do something and then you don't, and then you feel guilty. So then you do it anyway. And then it's just this, it never, then you're never really, I feel like too, we just begin to, that guilt just is not going to take you anywhere. You're not going to get anywhere with it. And then you're, when you are doing what it is that you feel like you should be doing, you're, you're operating, operating from a space of obligation. You're operating from a space of like, well, I have to do this, not because I want to, not because it feels good, not because this is, you know, something that's fun for me. It's all because now I have to because I didn't or I have to because I'm obligated. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's funny with the shoulds is that like sometimes you can be confronted with say two options in a situation. And so say example, you're waking up in the morning and you're getting up early um, and you snooze your alarm to be able to sleep more. And if you do that, then when you wake up later, it's that voice in your mind saying, oh, you know, you should have gotten up earlier. You have so much to do today. But if you don't sleep in and you do get up at that early time, you're, you're going to have some possibly some program in your mind still saying, you know how important sleep is. You, you've been running yourself so tired. You know you need more sleep. You should be sleeping. And it's just like, how do you break free of, of all of these shoulds in almost every direction, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. It's so true. <laughs> I mean, like, it's just sometimes we need to just strip it away strip it away. And what is it that I, what is it that I can do? What is it that I am able to do? What is it that, um, like where, where can I operate today? Does it, it, does it feel like I, like, even if it is something that you feel like you should do, can you do that today? Like sometimes it it, it may not be okay. I should get up earlier today, but my body is telling me that I need sleep. Okay. So get a little bit of extra sleep. Like Yes, there are shoulds that we feel like we should do because we, if we don't do, maybe we feel like we aren't as good or we don't feel like we are as, we can't be as successful because we're not doing what someone else is doing. When in reality, if it doesn't feel good for you, it doesn't matter. Exactly. And that's, that's the key is, is becoming aware of what you want and what your body wants and tuning in and making your decisions based on that instead of on the shoulds, which is the process that 
the journey that we're all on is, is learning how to listen to ourselves and hear that voice and, and feel what our body feels. Yeah, absolutely. So, so true. Oh my goodness. I love every single thing about this episode. It's so good. <laughs> oh, I could talk about limiting beliefs all day long. And I love that you brought up the word should, like, it's not something that I would have ever like really thought about. I don't think, but it's so true. Like we, we think of all these other words that are words that we think, oh, we need to eliminate these from our vocabulary and I can't and I will never and I, you know, one day when this happens, I will do this. One day when I have all the money in the world, I'm going to travel <laughs> the world, you know. One day yeah. when I am, I don't know, super fit, I'm going to do a bikini competition. Like one day will never come because we're putting so much weight on that one day. So mm -hmm. we're, we need to, sometimes we have to like think about, and I never really thought about the word should. And so I think that that is so powerful that you brought that to light today and showed like when we're using that word, how are we using it? Mm -hmm. What way are we using it? Are we using it in the way of like, okay, like, yes, I, I should do this. And yes, it's something that I know I need, I am going to get done. And it's not in a way that like, oh, I should. Ugh, yeah, I have exactly. To. And it's, it's funny now that I've become aware of this and even in my conversations with my friends, um, like I'm in Mexico right now yeah. and, um, when we go back and forth with our conversations, like one of us will say, Oh, we should go to the beach. And we'll be like, should, what kind of should is that? Is that the good should? <laughs> and it's just, it's, it's fun becoming aware and realizing, yeah, are your shoulds bringing you up and making you feel positive because it, it is just a word we use so so loosely and so easily mm -hmm. so some of the shoulds can be easy and fun like that like we should go to the beach sure yeah. um but it's the other ones where it's like this heaviness and this obligation and and you know you're not going to show up at 100 or at your full ability that we should reflect on yeah for sure that Absolutely. we can reflect on that we can we can reflect on for sure. We, we can reflect on the shoulds. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's definitely being aware of, you know, what, in which way you're using it. And it goes back to when you're, when you're, when you're thinking about the word should from a obligation standpoint, and you're thinking about it in a way that it feels heavy and it feels like, ugh, there's like resistance. There's re there's resentment sometimes towards whatever this should is that is mm -hmm. like, I need to be doing, I should be doing, but I have this resistance towards it. A lot of times it could be even from a point where we need to say no to something and we have a problem saying no. So then we get ourselves into something that we feel like we should do because we feel like we can't say no. And then we, we start to get ourselves in these situations. And then we, now we feel obligated. We feel like we should do it because we said we would. We feel like we should do it because we that we feel like we have to, or we feel like if we don't do it, that we're going to let someone down. We're going to hurt someone's feelings. We're going to disappoint someone. Someone's going to look at us differently. And it's all about being aware of it. And then how, who, where are you, are you going to let your, are you going to be powerful and step into your power? Or are you going to let something or someone else take it away from you? Mm hmm yeah, it's all about stepping into your power and taking back control over over the decisions that you're making in your life because, you know, unfortunately, so many of us are not necessarily making decisions and just going with going with the direction that everything is, is taking us, even if it's not where we want to go. Right. 
Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. We should, (laughs) (laughs) we should think more about the word should for real. I love that. I I love love it. (laughs) So I loved having you on today. You are such just a fun, like your energy is just so uplifting and you just feel so inviting. And I know that everyone is going to just love this episode and love taking away something from this episode today and, and start looking at the word should a little bit differently, but definitely. (laughs) Um, and I hope that you guys got something out of that, that you can definitely start reevaluating that word a little bit and figuring out how you should be using it. Again, I said should, but (laughs) it's so hard. We use it all the time, but, um, I wanted to ask you a few questions that I always ask at the end of the podcast. They're just random questions um, to just kind of get our minds off of the topics that we've been talking about today. But the question number one is, what is your favorite word? Oh, wow. <laughs> hmm. My favorite word. I think my favorite word is love. It's a good word. It's all, the reason that we're doing all of this, all of this work is to come back to, come back to the heart, come back to feeling good, to Mm -hmm. love, to spreading love and positivity around the world. So I think, I think that's calling, calling me. Yeah, I love it. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) We're having the best time with these words today. So um, question number two is what is your favorite sound? Mm. I love, (laughs) (laughs) I love the sound of the ocean. Um, Just waking up to the sound of the waves crashing against the sand. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. It's just, I feel like the ocean has such healing properties, even just listening to it. Um, And it's one of nature's miracles. And so the sound of the sea. Yes. I love it. It's my favorite sound in the whole world. Ugh, it's the best. It is. Um, so question number three is bedroom, car, or desk. What do you clean first? Ooh. Definitely the desk. Um, I like to have, I like, I need to have my workspace in order to have my mind feeling like it's, it's free to create. So definitely the desk. Absolutely. I love that. Um, it's so funny because I have asked that question so many times now and not one person says car. Not one (laughs) because we all have messy cars. Yes, I guess so. Like my car is a mess all the time. (laughs) Um, but I, I, it's so funny. Not one person has said car. I don't think, but it's usually like, it's just usually desk, but I've had a few say bedroom, but, um, Mm. that's so funny. Um, okay. So for anyone that's listening and wants to connect with you and get into your energy, how can they find you? So, um, I have a Facebook page. It is road to freedom. So that's R H O D E to freedom, like my last name. Um, and I'm also on Instagram as Cassie Rode, K-A-S-S-I-E-R-H-O-D-E. 
Um, so yeah, I would love to connect with anyone who wants to chat more about any of these topics. I love it so much. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much for being on here. It has been an honor to have you here and you are welcome back on the Bold Ambition anytime. I would love to have you back. So anytime you want to come. Oh, thank you so much. I had a blast. This is yeah. great. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I love that you're in Mexico and I'm just like wishing and I'm hoping that I could be there too and just uh, feel the, hear the waves and feel the warm breeze and the best. I'm sending you some of the warm, Please. The warm waves from here. Please. I, I appreciate it. So thank you again. And, um, Everyone else, I will see you on the next episode.